Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. to the rock show come on to the people's show come on to the premiere show smackdown it's march 7th the other law 2002 nba jam oceans 11 is the big film that reached number one in its third week of release which is a bit weird but whatever uh, film received positive reviews from critics and was a box office hit grossing a lot of money can't be off saying the amount Sonberg directed two sequels Oceans 12 and 04 and Oceans 13 and 07 Oceans 8 a spin-off of an all-female led cast was released in 2018 it wasn't released it escaped the <laughs> hey there it there it is magazine called the film pure fun from start to finish Jack likes it he said it's one of those films that he's seen it's been described as a film that Jack the Jobber has seen that's right Westlife's World of Our Own, a song by Irish boy band Westlife, is number one in the charts. I've just put really catchy chorus and nothing lyrics. Sounds like a boy band song from the early 2000s. Make me feel funny when you come around, and that's what I found now, honey. Bitch, better bring my money. Baby, I got your money. Oh, that Westlife Bitch, song. Bitch, better have Thank my you, money <laughs> when you come around, honey. <laughs> Oh, bless them. They don't uh, have much. Sting of the Police. Uh, the very best of Sting of the Police is number one album in the UK. The best police album. This is not just a best of. This is a worst of. A re-release <laughs> of a best of. It's a re-re-release. Uh, it came out in 97 originally, uh, featuring one new track, which is a remix of Roxanne. Uh, then in uh, 98, it got re-released again with... With the, rem- the removal of the songs was called Russians. I remember that song. And that had three more songs, Seven Days Fragile and, quote, De-do-do-de-de-da-da. De-do-do-do-de-da-da-da. That one. That's the one. Is that how that goes? Yeah. That's, that's, that's genuinely how it goes. De-do-do-do-de-da-da-da. Just Russians saying to yes. say to you. Russians watching Brian Danielson in <laughs> 2014. And then, in, yeah, in 02, an updated edition was released. Uh... Russians put back on. No, sorry, taken back out again. Well, how could be admitted if it wasn't there the first time? And some others. Yeah, it's oh, a re-release of a best of. Oh, two. Oof. He got the freedom of North Tyneside recently. Did Sting? 
Oh, that's nice. You remember he's from the area then? You eh? just remember that he is, he's, he's from Jarrah. Is, uh-huh. is it Jarrah he's from? I think yeah. he's from Jarrah. He gets a prize, he's here. He gets, <laughs> he gets a big key now, and he can go into anyone's house. Key for the key side. <laughs> Why would you give a massive key that gives you the freedom to go anywhere to a man that sang a song called I'll Be Watching You? <laughs> every breath you take, every move. He really will now. He's part of the police anyway. She's got his boot. <laughs> uh, BBC Knowledge ceases transmission in the early hours with BBC Four launching in place at 7pm. BBC Knowledge. So this was like they had, was Bite Size was on this, where you had sort of education cards that flashed up and right. and it was like a, it was educational programs all around the clock. Yeah, I just to see if you knew what it was. Yeah, it? I remember Sure it. enough, this is exactly what it is. Look at you, you, you watched, it's, it's like watching TV, you felt like you were doing your homework. That's what we want from TV. Yes. Unlike Emmerdale, Jack has decided it isn't fair to keep Tootsie the dog. But Dreads breaking the news to Victoria. But Dreads. Oh, I see. He's dreading. Re- okay, I thought Dreads was the name of somebody. <laughs> Judge Dredd takes Hi, Emmerdale. I am Dreads. I am the law, and your dog is sick. Uh, much was surprised, however, she takes the news well. And with Paddy's agreement, they take Tootsie to a dog shelter. How oh. funny this week that both Emmerdale and the show that we're going to talk about both feature a major storyline around a dog. Oh, no. And the big game this week, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Ooh. And I put, I don't think it's as good as 2, but it does have CKY, so maybe the people are right, and it is still considered one of the greatest video games ever made. Here's the soundtrack. The Ramones, Blitzkrieg Pop. That's good. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Fight Like a Brave. That's good. KRS-One. Uh, Motorhead, Ace of Spades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard that song before. Yes. Uh, Roland's Band, What's the Matter Band. Oh, it's an alright one. House of Pain, I'm a Swing. <laughs> Not jump around. Why? What the hell? House of Pain, I'm a Swing. Whatever. Exhibit, Paparazzi. Nice. Don't remember that one. Uh, this isn't going the way I thought it would. You know what? Chat the job was custom made for this. But yes, CKY99, quite bitter beings. I think we all know that one. Yes. That was the Tony Hawk soundtrack to me, just that song. Yeah. Ah, but that was what was happening in the weird and re-released world of... The early 2002. What a, what a, what a, what a, what was happening in the wonderful world of wrestling. But if I know. But luckily, I know a guy who knows a guy. That name is Tom Campbell. And he knows that knows another guy who knows a guy. That's me, Mafu. We're here for the Cold Classic Smackdown Review. How you doing, Tom? I'm good, Matthew. You. Can you the all... Two, two quite bitter beings. Can you all join me? Uh, for yesterday, wishing Matthew a happy birthday. It was yesterday when you're watching the slash listening to this. Uh, I assume it was a, a, a very pleasant um, birthday that you had. I assume it was. We can assume for tomorrow, yes. Because <laughs> we're recording yeah. this the day before, but you're hearing it the day after. Yeah. Are you are you at liberty to share how old you're turning? Yeah, 36. There you go. A grand age. Not 36. worried about bloody aging. Good. Ah, look at you. 
Succumbing to the death cycle. Make it stop. <laughs> I think I think last like last year on my birthday, I think I shared that one clip from Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, which is just the yellow guy going, make it stop. Mm. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to share it again in January. But happy 36th for yesterday. Thank you, Bob. My boy. Proud of you. Thank you. For making it for 36 times around the sun. Yeah. Somehow we just keep on keeping on, don't we? That's it. Uh, all is good here. Uh, apologies if I'm a little bit ropier than normal. I am, um, what's the medical term? Hanging out my ass today. Oh, go on. <laughs> my mum and dad came to Newcastle and uh, we went out for dinner with them. But with my mum and dad, it's never just going out for dinner. It is the drinks beforehand, the drinks during and the drinks yeah. after. So Before I don't think you get Alex... into this, people should know. You know in The Simpsons when they do this joke that I didn't quite get as a kid when they show Millhouse and then later on they show Millhouse's parents who were just... Millhouse. <laughs> yeah. You know, I never got that as a kid until I explained it. goes, oh, that's supposed to be a joke, isn't it? Like, <laughs> they both look the same. That's mm. not how parents work, whatever. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was bollocks. That doesn't happen in the real world. It's not as if your parents are just copies of yourself. Until I met Tom Campbell's dad, who was just Tom Campbell, but <laughs> a dad. Yes, you called him Older Tom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cultaholic Hall of Famer, Older Tom. Uh, it was lovely to actually spend some time with the man that booed me out of the building at Impact in Coventry. So cheers, Dad. Lovely to see you. Uh, so, yeah, we're both a bit tender, Alex and I. Alex's is more hilarious than mine because what I've learned about Alex, obviously drink in moderation, um, kids. Now, when Alex has a hangover, it's different to other hangovers because she won't be, like, rough in the morning and just sort of muddle through. She is fine in the morning. Like, like nothing has touched the sides all night. And about two o'clock in the afternoon, she goes, oh, God. Like, it hits. It's like a delayed fuse on Alex's hangover. So we're recording this on Thursday morning. I'm expecting a text at about two o'clock from Alex going, I don't feel well. I was like, yeah, that's your, that's your, defu that's your late fuse hangover kicking in there, you little cheeky devil. So that to look forward to later. We'll put, we've put the tree up by the time you've heard this. The Christmas tree's gone up in our house. Stop speaking of metaphors. <laughs> oh, that's no metaphor. That is a meta five. We are, we are, uh, with the Christmas tree is up. We have watched Spirited, which means Christmas has truly begun in our house. That's my new favorite Christmas film. Which one, Spirited again? It was on Apple TV and it stars Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. And it's a bit of a musical number and I just love it. It's fantastic. Is it a Christmas film? It's a Christmas film. All right, cool. Tap it out. But it only came out last year and I just immediately went, this needs to be my Christmas tradition every year watching this. Uh, Did you see Elf? Yeah, that's a classic, though. I, I tried watching it a few years ago and go, I think I've missed this. Like, like you didn't get into it. Try watching it now going, I'm glad you guys like it. Aww, that's a really nice way of approaching it. I'm glad you like it. Yep. What's your favourite Christmas film, Matthew Gregory? Oh, every year go see my dad, we have to watch The Muppets Christmas Carol. Excellent which I appreciate choice. every year now. I used to not like it as a kid because I'm like, Muppets, yay, wacky puppets. And then it's, oh, it's effing Christmas Carol. So somber and miserable and filled with death. You know, the Muppets. <laughs> so I used to say, and still think, that Treasure Island's a better film. But however, yeah, as a Christmas Carol adaptation, of which there are millions of, mm -hmm. yeah, it's up there with the best. Um, and also the Alistair Sims version of Christmas Carol, which I think is just called Scrooge. Because Alistair Sims is just it's the one-man play, really. He's just in his face. Yeah, he's a, he's a very Scrooge, visual... Scrooge, tell me. You know, it's just... Oh. He's a fabulous actor. Yeah. <laughs> Marvellous boy. <laughs> Amazing boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such a good actor. But yeah, those are the two that we have to watch. It's part of the tradition. Oh, also me crying 
every time they put on fucking It's a Wonderful Life. Ah. Every year these bastards put it on. I mean, I love my parents. These are the people I'm referring to as bastards. But every year the bastards put it on. <laughs> and yeah, every, I know what's coming. I know what's happening. Oh, Merry Christmas, movie house. Wow, hello. <laughs> hello, cinema. <laughs> You know, and he goes there, and then they're like, you know, oh, George, they're gonna break our legs and kill us for <laughs> embezzlement. <laughs> oh, Mary, no, that's really bad. <laughs> Wait, what's that noise? <laughs> bump, bump, bump. It's someone at the door. It's everybody in the village. Everybody you've helped because you. Oh, you know what? Even taking the piss out of us. That's not me, really. I am. <laughs> taking the piss out of it is like, oh, Matthew, keep on talking about it and think about that scene. I will start tearing up. Oh. Man, it is just. Oh. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, so wrestling, it's the, wrestling. It's the true human spirit. And it's always. The, it's a Wonderful Life is a great poster and a great public service announcement for why you shouldn't be a dick. Hmm. And dick. don't worry if life wasn't what you expected it to be. Look at all the people you helped. Yeah, exactly. Life is a wonderful journey. Life's a happy song when there's someone by your side to sing along. And I'm by the side of Matthew Gregg, and we're going to talk about Smackdown in 2002 yeah. today. I'm going to take over our blub in the corner. You have a little blub in the corner. You have a little cry wank in the corner, and I'll talk you through what's happening in WWF in 2002. Uh, and then we'll throw back to Matthew, and he will talk us through Smackdown. As far as the evil dude looking at WCW goes, why, you're worth more dead than alive. <laughs> Well, there's your next Botchamania outro. You're very welcome. If that comes on Botchamania, you know that's because of this podcast. In fact, George, why don't you wait here? I'll call Time Warner myself. No, 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 no. <laughs> right, um, there have been some, some depressing phone calls within the WWF because this week, the World Wrestling Federation lost another legal battle. Uh, they're getting used to the word no this week, and there'll be another reason why in a second. Uh, they were They appealed against the court's ruling that they must rebrand away from WWF. This has been the ongoing legal dispute with the World Wildlife Fund. Now, in case you missed it, the bridged version of this is a wonderful video on the YouTube channel, for, on Coltholics YouTube channel, all about it. I know it's wonderful because I made it, uh, which goes into great detail about why this happened. So when the WWF launched, it became a bigger deal. The World Wildlife Fund went, hang on, that's our initials. We'll keep an eye on you. Don't use them too much. To which WWF went, oh, no, we won't use them too much. Use yeah. them everywhere. Uh, so then it was around like 2000, 2001, when they first started sort of getting their ducks in a row to take them to court for for going against a preordained deal to not overuse the WWF um, logo, the WWF initials. Yeah, initials. That's right. The initials. Uh, WWF fought against it. Uh, the, could, the judge went, no, you said you wouldn't, and you have, yeah. so... You banged the right. Really. Order in favour of, well, of the World Wildlife Fund. You now have to change your name, World Wrestling Federation. And since, and in the late part of last year, they went back to the courts in the UK and went, do we have to? Because it's going to cost us about $50 million to rebrand. And the judge, Judge Carnworth didn't care. He said the cost of rebranding now after some five years of development are entirely attributable to its own decision to take that risk. <laughs> yeah, it's going to cost Slay. us... It's going to cost us this much money because we didn't do the thing we said we would. You don't understand. The consequences <laughs> of my actions are really bad. Well, <laughs> it's on the many occasions when WWF uh, look like absolute carnies that they are. Wait, we have to honour the agreement? <laughs> oh, that's how the real world works, isn't it? Bollocks. 
it all came like they really started like eyebrows were raised because when WWF launched a magazine uh, and it, it was called WWF magazine and then the World Wildlife Fund launched a magazine called WWF magazine and then they said all this conflict in the marketplace and that's when mm -hmm. they started going oh I it watch the video I, that we did a while ago it explains everything uh, so. Expect $50 million of rebranding coming our way very, very soon. I wonder how they'll get around it. We'll talk about it as we get there. Uh, they've also been told no by Brett the Hitman Hart this week. Who has signed with the pandas. <laughs> he has essentially signed with the pandas. Brett Hart was approached uh, by WWF Can Canada... Um, Producer Carl Tony, Carl DeMarco, oh, sadly not Jack Tony. I guess this is his predecessor, Carl DeMarco, uh, and was approached about doing a, a guest spot at WrestleMania 18 because they're in Canada. Mm. Uh, Bret Hart wrote in his Calgary Sun column, Goldberg's a dick, lol. And then he wrote that his old friend, Carl DeMarco, had approached him about making an appearance. He said, In return, they give me access to video footage and still shots from their archive. Ah. That one, right? They own every picture and every inch of film of every match I've ever had in 16 years of my career. Bret Hart then said that despite everything the WWF had put him through and put his family through, he did actually consider the offer because uh, he's desperately trying to get hold of tapes because he wants to make a documentary about his life. Um, days before Owen Hart's funeral, Bret and Vince, apparently, this came to light during this Calgary Sun article, Bret and Vince had a meeting on a park bench yeah. in Calgary. And Vince said... Sitting on a park bench. Yeah, this is, this is in true... Ah, well, um, uh, this is in true Vince style. Vince and Brett met on a park bench. Vince said, look, you can have whatever you want from the archives. I, well, I, it's the least we can do. So when Brett called a few days later to go, yeah, Vince said I can have what I want from the archives. Vince went, I don't remember this conversation. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> They were meant to have a meeting after that, and Vince said, I'm too busy and cancelled. So Brett went on to wish the wrestlers good luck for WrestleMania and said if Vince ever wants to air out their problems in private, all he had to do was pick up the phone and call. But he won't be going to WrestleMania 18, which is a shame. That story goes really well with the, well, Judge, apparently we said we had to do something, and now we have to stick to it? <laughs> yeah. This is bullshit. It's quite a week, isn't it? Isn't what? Really? Uh. Judge, that's so unfair for a wrestling company. Judge, what you don't understand is I really enjoyed reaping, but I can't be fucked to sow. The other way around. I really enjoyed sowing, but I can't be fucked to reap. Order, order. Stop reaping. <laughs> Andrew McManus has come under oh. tons of heat this week for his show, WWA Revolution. In it was revolting. It was revolting. In various markets, names like Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Road Dog, Buff Bagwell, and Randy Savage were advertised for the show. <laughs> really? <laughs> to which McManus went, hey, I didn't know about that, <laughs> despite the fact he signed off on all of it. Um, he claimed to have had a verbal deal with Randy Savage. Uh, Randy Savage's management tried to change the deal that they made. Uh, it went from a 30% stake in the company to $250,000 for one show. <laughs> Eventually, they brought him down to $150,000. Uh, McManus didn't agree, and they pulled out on the deal. McManus was content to blame Savage's business manager because he didn't want to upset Savage just in case they could uh, have a thing together. Um, McManus also told Alex Marvez at Wrestling Observer that his attorney stands his ground that Savage had a verbal contract and a verbal contract you need to honor. McManus claimed he had no idea why Buff Bagwell was advertised. <laughs> He said, I'm concerned about that. I've got to admit, I'm a little bit mystified about him. I don't want him on my shows anymore after problems on the last tour. Uh, how he got on the advertising schedule, I'm still looking into. <laughs> 
I never offered him a I never offered him a position on the show. I had no idea it was like this. Oh, I hope there's some of those retro adverts for Dub the Bay on YouTube. <laughs> They're all all the stars are here. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. <laughs> Scott Hall. Randy Savage, Buff Bagwell, Shark Boy, <laughs> Wildcat <laughs> Willie, The Kiss Demon, Eric um, Watts. Road Dog's name was on there. Andrew McManus said, oh, yeah, we were going to have Road Dog on the show, but then he rang and told me he'd been arrested and put in jail for probation <laughs> violation. <laughs> However, the Pensacola Police Department have no record of Road Dog being arrested. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do your shit oh show. I've um, been arrested. Um, and what was his which, next? Which jail? Which jail? Uh, Pensacola. He, he looked Pensa on his. Pepsi? He looked on his desk, and there was a pen and a can of drink. Pensacola. What was Pensacola. His name was Sergeant who arrested you, Kaiser Sose. <laughs> uh, Road Dog, of course, in true WWE style, was paid in advance to do the show. <laughs> That he couldn't turn up to because he was on probate. Oh my god! That he, that he, was in, he was in jail. Is it any wonder the panda people beat them? <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, I present the evidence. Here's a copy of the Observer for this week. <laughs> Have you seen this shit? The state of these fucking promoters. Uh, and then the stories came out of people not being paid. <laughs> Terry Taylor and Larry Zabisco were not paid for the show. The reason given was that because they were so late additions to the show, their checks weren't ready. <laughs> <laughs> they have to print them, I guess, or write them by yeah, hand. Wait, wait, Terry Taylor? Uh, yeah. He was, he, I, I, I think. He, oh, he's doing a backstage interview. He was backstage stuff, yeah. Uh, Mark Madden was promised $1,000 and received a check for 300 instead. <laughs> but don't worry, that sounds like it was just an error and that got changed. It's just an error. Fuck it now. <laughs> Mark was apparently mad. And... Um. It was, a, yeah, a depressing time had by all. We talked about it was hilarious. I know, but we, it's lovely for us. It's a wonderful life. Here's a one final bit on this, right? So, okay, so here's what's going on. So they're putting this show together. They've gone, oh, back, and, month of the bit. They've gone back and forth with Randy Savage. <laughs> and, and eventually he's gone, no, we're not doing it. Despite the fact that they've advertised him. Yeah. They've advertised Hall and Nash and they never got a deal. But, but there's been direct TV adverts advertising Hall and Nash on this show. Uh, you had Road Dog book, but apparently he went to prison, but didn't. <laughs> they tried to get Sting in a last-ditch effort to bring him in, and Sting went, no. Andrew McManus watched SmackDown. Oh, pl- uh, wait, on wait, wait, the- wait, wait, I've heard this story. Yeah. Is this where it comes from? This- oh, my God, yeah, I know what's Andrew coming. McManus watched SmackDown on the 21st of February, oh, the night where no. Christian said, I quit, and immediately reached out to offer him a place on the so WWE that's where that came from. That's where that came from. Oh, my God, I've heard that story for years. It came from the Observer, right? <laughs> I wasn't sure if someone was taking the piss out of him or not, or if that story is true. I'd love, if, well, I'd love to see if he's done any um, recent interviews or whatever, just to confirm if he actually did that or not. Well, I just, I base, I picked that up from the Observer, so let's take it. That's as, where that comes from. So yeah. I wasn't sure if it was just someone fucking with him or not. Again, like, well, I think, it sounds like he was easily fucked with. He sounds like he was easily he fucked Christian. with. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes, that I've is. got his number. <laughs> uh, but there is some other things going on in the world oh, who of. Cares? <laughs> 
I mean, this one you might care oh, okay. about. Uh, XPW owner Rob Black is in the news for a promotional stunt that got him a lot of grief. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a way of advertising his upcoming XPW show, uh, he claimed on his porn website he was going to feed a chihuahua to a python. <laughs> Yes, I remember that. On air, uh, you could pay but to watch it. But the Python one did 250 grand in a stake of the company. <laughs> <laughs> and the Chihuahua claimed to be in prison. So instead, they had Buff Bagwell <laughs> eat one instead. <laughs> Buff Bagwell wasn't booked, he just showed up. Um, they write, a shocking number of wrestling writers on the internet fell for this, and most of them were <laughs> outraged. Uh, most of them wrote outraged columns, which included a link to the website where you could verify the claims for yourself. Of course, <laughs> all this accomplished was push an extraordinary amount of traffic towards the XPW website, and in the end, the dog was never fed <laughs> to the python. I'm sure he was fed at some point. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. just starve a dog. Thanks for clarifying, Groving Reporter, Tom. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, and final bit of news for this week. Uh, slightly less interesting, but certainly one to keep an eye on. There have apparently been some negotiations between In Demand, the pay-per-view provider, and Jerry Jarrett. The idea seems to be based around the idea of doing weekly pay-per-views in prime time Tom. on a Wednesday night at a tenner ago. Whether that's viable or not is a major question to begin with, but it certainly wouldn't be without television to promote stars and angles. If this idea is used to make Jeff Jarrett into a big wrestling star, it's not going to pay off. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, mate. I just won that news by going to the toilet. Oh, wow. You really... <laughs> Was it the Python story that finished you off? Well, while Matthew Gregg goes to the toilet, because very shortly we'll be throwing to Matthew Gregg uh, for the review of SmackDown this week, I want to say thank you for what has been a really wonderful year so far uh, for the Coltsholic Classic SmackDown review. Just a couple of shows left before we wrap for the year. Uh, I think we're probably going to. I think we're going to get WrestleMania 18 in as the final one of the year. We should squeeze that in before Christmas, and I can very much confirm that we do indeed have a Coltsholic classic review Christmas special this year that will once again be dropping on December the 25th. Myself, Matthew Gregg, Sam Driver, and Jack Atkins from the classic review pantheon of podcasts will all be together again. And we've got something very specially festive lined up for you, which you will hear with your ears on the podcast feed on Christmas Day. You will also get the behind-the-scenes table read from it if you are a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. In fact, if you'd like to become a patron and get the video versions of these, not only is there a tier that gives you the video versions of these podcasts, but also you can become a third member of the panel. Essentially, we just uh, finished up one of those, which you heard the other week, uh, with a fabulous Patreon here on Cultaholic. And we'd love for you to be the next one. You can sign up now uh, to be a, a guest on the Classic Smackdown review uh, at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. It'd be lovely to have you as part of it. And once again, thank you so much for continuing to support us throughout 2023. 2024 is looking incredibly fun and we look forward to sharing every single bit of it with you. But we're going to go up until uh, WrestleMania 18 and then from there, 
uh, it'll be over for the festive season. So I was just announcing that we, and I'll, this is a bit of admin for oh. you as well, um, we're probably going to go up till WrestleMania 18, and then we will break for the year. That makes sense. I think 18's a nice point to end it on. Mm. We'll watch 18, and then we'll, and then we'll have those, the Cultaholic Classic Christmas special on Christmas Day, and then we'll kick it off again in earnest in January. Sounds fantastic. I'm sorry for going to the toilet there, but hey, like, I good. did go to Toby Carver yesterday and I haven't been to the toilet since. So well, I'd... I'm glad I, I work as some sort of diuretic for you. God, you absolutely do. You're very welcome. Wherever I see you, I want to go to the toilet. I get that a lot. <sighs> so over to Matthew Gregg, who is now going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown, the first one in March of 2002. That's right. Mania around the corner, baby. That's right. Matthew doesn't want to do that. Matthew wants to have a big cigarette and just relax for a bit. But instead, <laughs> he'll get on to the next best thing, which is a live feed of SmackDown. Yes. It's not quite as live feedy as usual, though. It's missing out a lot of stuff, as we'll get into later on. But uh-huh. we start with the Triple H Beautiful Day promo and then the National Anthem sung by Lillian Garcia in the ring instead of the Titan Tron, followed by a Scorpion King advert, and I've typed, fascinating, I know. Mm. Anyway, we missed Funaki defeating Eddie Craven, uh, DDP pinning Lance Storm with the Diamond Cutter, Bradshaw pinning Chuck Palumbo after the clothesline from hell, and Mr. Perfect defeating Rikishi after test interfered. Well, I wouldn't say we missed it. <laughs> Michael Cole heads down, sits at the desk. And what did he walk out to? Uh, click, click, boom. Click, click, boom. And expresses surprise at being cheered. <laughs> and then we go right in the cold open. There's not a lot there uh, this week in terms of like cool live feed stuff, I'm afraid. But cold open is Ric Flair, the 96 year old bitter being, kicks a door and demands to be let in. Wow, you think Eric Bischoff was in there. Uh, but it's not Easy E, it's Undertaker E, who's <laughs> watching clips of himself being updated Flair on Raw. That's right, David Flair's debut in the WWF. Undertaker mocks him and claims David is more of a man than Rick, so Rick heads to the ring rather than be humiliated by a door. And then we get the witty wee, witty woo. Da, 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 da. We're in San Antonio, Texas at the Freeman Coliseum, March 7, 2002. 8,274, good number for a build-up to WrestleMania X8. Apparently, the main event uh, is The Rock returning, and we are sold out tonight. Mm. Ooh. Co-owner Flair heads the ring and demands, sorry, reminds us he just wanted to be a co-owner and not a wrestler until Vince prodded him and prodded him until finally Rick beat his ass at the Rumble. Crowd woos. Flair declined Undertaker Challenge at WrestleMania, and then Arn Anderson got attacked and bled a lot. But Double A told Flair not to do anything because he knows Undertaker would destroy Flair. And Flair's best mate didn't want the dead man to end Flair's legacy. But then Undertaker went for his son. And today is David's 23rd birthday. But he's not able to celebrate because he's in a bed recovering from the beating that Undertaker gave him. Undertaker's trophy case isn't enough to keep Flair in it. It's not big enough to keep Flair in it, yeah. And not even Vince's trophy cabinet is big enough to keep Flair in. So Rick is officially a wrestler again. Flair wants to bleed, and then he punches himself until he bleeds a bit. Undertaker, you've got the nature boy at WrestleMania. I'm going to hurt you, dead man. Woo! Rolling, rolling, rolling. Here's the Undertaker and his, you know he's serious because he's left his mobility scooter in the back (laughs) mode. Undertaker's got a waistcoat and a short haircut and looks new metal as fuck. He, he, he looks far better than he has done in weeks, walking around that big overgrown red hoodie like a chav. Mm. Undertaker says, whoa, 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 calm down, Rick. <laughs> You've taken all the fun out of this whole thing. 
Undertaker's unsure if he wants to fight Flair at WrestleMania now, and he's willing to forgive Flair for everything he's done <laughs> Love to that. I'm willing to let bygones yeah. be bygones. And all that adds, that's big of him. <laughs> Undertaker will let Flair know his answer tonight after he's had a big think about it. Michael Cole is raging. Ric Flair is raging. I'm grinning. The build of this feud rules. This was a fantastic opener to SmackDown from like Flair banging on Undertaker's locker room and Undertaker just like hearing it but going, hey, Flair! Hey, that's a coincidence. I'm watching your son get murdered. <laughs> the, the, the bit he's talking about was on Raw on Monday and it was all the roster were in... Japan, they're on the on the you're on the tour uh, of the East Asian tour. Yeah, more on that later. Uh, more on that later. Uh, so it was quite a slim slim line roster for Raw, but Undertaker was still there, and it was like a little call out to Flair. We're going, hey, look what I did to your son. Uh, I think it was OVW. They went, they filmed this bit at oh. OVW, where he was training, and just batters David Flair within an inch of his life. And Undertaker does a very haunting line where he says like, oh, you know, if if that's not enough, wait and see what you what I do to your daughters. And like thinking, like Charlotte Flair would have put him in a fucking figure eight. <laughs> and think, oh no, a crap moonsault. <laughs> oh no, 480 world titles. Oh. Uh, but this was a great opener. Uh, uh, a little bit revisionist, I would say, because I, I seem to believe that, that Flair was like, Vince begged me to come out of retirement. But I'm pretty sure that Flair went, Flair called for the mat to the street fight. If I remember, didn't Flair say no, you've got a match at the Rumble against the next guy who knocks you on your ass? Bang. Uh, yeah, okay, you. Yeah, you but know what? I will mm. forgive it because, like, we got the Flair that we've always wanted. Mm. Not this sort of halfway house between yeah. calm Commissioner Flair and mental Flair. We get full fat, wild Ric Flair, and it was brilliant. Yeah, great stuff. This is the Ric Flair talking. And acting like the crazy Ric Flair. And Undertaker reason. Was, and after all this, after weeks of Undertaker going, I want a match with you. And Rick going, no. And him doing everything to antagonize his family and his friends. Uh, Undertaker going, uh, I don't know, I'll have a think about it. Is Just to further be a dick. It's like, oh. Undertaker's like, I'm willing to let bygones be bygones. <laughs> like, I'll forgive you. Like, he's been such an arse all the way through. He's like, hey, look, I'll let you off. Let me have a think about it. <laughs> Fucking mm. great. What a great start to yeah. SmackDown. Bye, Rick. Have a good time. Great. That should have been the main event of Mania. Yeah. <laughs> Backstage, Steph bumps into Triple H, the man with the big dick. I put, <laughs> I put dick with three H's on the end, so dick. Steph reminds Triple H uh, that he lost on Raw thanks to Steph. Ha, ha, ha. Triple H and Steph argue over Lucy the dog. Oh. Triple H insists he should have the dog, but Steph says Lucy loves her. Triple H wonders why she wants Lucy. Isn't one bitch enough for one home? Ooh. And then he walks off. And I thought, was that the whole point of that? So Triple H could say bitch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, both of them put over Lucy more than Jericho has had anything in the last <laughs> month. And I wish I was exaggerating. No, it's true, actually. Also, they put over Steph's car. Was it like a Bentley or a... Yes. A very posh The dog car. and the car. More on both. Steph later. wants her car. Trips wants the dog. Yeah. More on that later. More on the Luna. So take the car for a walk. Uh, Wacky Tabaki sponsors RVD. Yes, that's the second week the in a row in it. Yeah. That's a piss take. Pinning Lance Storm, and then IC Champion Regal joins the commentators to remind us that RVD is wrestling Regal at WrestleMania. Yes, who could forget that amazing feud of all that build for the biggest show of all time in ten days? Is the first mention of it uh, tonight. RVD is challenging for the hardcore title against Goldust. 
Avidi Tope's goal dust during Goldie's entrance. I thought was nice. This causes the cameras to stop being widescreen and filmy. I thought it was a good term. Fill me oh. uh, during Golda's entrance as soon as he gets hit by RVD. It's like, yeah, well, the match is on. So it just goes back to being four by three and normal. Which I thought was a nice little thing. I, I liked Very Regal, Tony Storm. liked Regal calling him a bloody barbarian. <laughs> Regal is disgusted at the rules being besmirched. <laughs> Goldus gets dunked over the guardrail, but dodges the spin kick and hits RVD with a gold trash can lid. And that's as close as RVD will get to gold, saith Regal. Bloody bloody. Goldus throws in his gold chair and gold bin to get gold twatted. I forgot this aspect of Goldus's mm. very brief run in the hardcore division where he had all gold weapons. I really liked it. Uh, mm. I liked it. I think it's a bit like that Christy Clown bit where he's like, hey, it's me in the big ear family. <laughs> oh, my ears are, my ears are cleaning. <laughs> Let me get the, the clean. It's this giant stick on. Hey, hey. <laughs> No reaction. It's like, yeah, so? <laughs> RVD monkey flips Goldust, who completely sandbags it because fuck taking a bump on a hard-ass gold chair. <laughs> Regal takes a bump off the apron thanks to RVD so Goldust can kick RVD in the balls. Oh, wait, maybe not, as Goldust takes so long to look at a gold bin because he's probably wondering, why would you have a gold bin <laughs> that RVD is able to escape and kick him? Regal distracts again, allowing Goldust to roll up RVD. What a bloody right royal cockney barrel of monkeys mess this bloody finish was. Just a match to set up a WrestleMania match that, that they forgot to book. Um, what do you put in a gold bin? Is it gold recycling? Just... Yeah, do you only put the gold r- rubbish? The gold... Obviously, Goldus has lots of, <laughs> judging by the rest of this. Just full of magnum wrappers. He puts the other gold... Ra- no. <laughs> magnum wrappers, Ferrero Rocher packets. Goldust um... and Dustin... Uh, Dustin Runnels doing the bloody whisper, whisper gold. <laughs> yes! What bar? Yeah. <laughs> no one's done that before. The good Lord has said that whisper is the great one. Ooh. That'd be a brilliant advert. I love that. Yes. Um, That's I, a shout out to all the 50-year-olds listening to this podcast. I believe at this point, Shattered Dreams gets renamed Golden Globes. That's a really good joke. No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm serious. I think because it does get renamed Golden Globes. And I'm sure they do it here. I'm sure it starts here. Oh. It gets rebranded as Golden Globes. It's a good joke as well. I agree. Um, why did Regal have to hide the Nux? It's no DQ. He can do what he likes. I don't know. This seems very last minute. It and does that, feel a bit like, hoyed together. Why did Regal interfere twice? Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm. Yeah, whatever. It does feel a bit lobbed together. But it is what it is. It gets us to uh, a, a much a much hyped match in 10 days time. Hmm. Uh, no commentary during the breaks this time. I put with an exclamation mark for some unknown reason, Aww. as if I was excited at this <laughs> lack of exciting stuff to bring to the podcast. Uh, Saliva's superstar from every six seconds is a song for WrestleMania, even more forgettable than Drowning Pool's song. <laughs> I had no memory of this. Make me a superstar. <laughs> nah. But last Monday... Crippled Austin wrestled Booker T because, hey, that's an easy match, right? <laughs> Except the NWO attacked Austin. <gasps> hey, Hogan attacked Steve. Oh, with Hall using a wrench on Austin to bust him open. Austin looks completely defensive against the NWO with Hall landing the stunner on Austin. Bloody hell. That makes up for the net gun crap on SmackDown. Eh? Mm. Austin refuses to stretch your help because he's a man who eats meat. Meanwhile, Hogan drinks Austin's booze. And then the NWO attack random people backstage because they're evil. <laughs> a guy goes to check the coffee percolator, but they burn him with the very coffee he has come to check. 
Hall then challenges someone on the same level as Austin, which is Spike Dudley. Hey, he's had a more recent title run than Austin has, former tight champ. <laughs> anyway, Hall annihilates Spike somehow, and Austin is not here tonight on SmackDown as he's still recovering. I put, yeah, but what about poor Spike? What about the poor guy who got his head covered in coffee? I want to update on him, please. Yeah. Uh, interesting little parallel here, because obviously th this week there was the tour of East Asia. So a lot of the roster are overseas. So it's a smaller roster. When the NWO started in 1996, there was a few, a few weeks in, there's one, there one episode where, of Nitro where all the roster went to Japan and the NWO oh. just ran roughshod. And in 2002, oh. all the roster are in Japan and the NWO have run roughshod. <laughs> So it's an interesting little parallel that seems to have happened again, and I liked it. It's the strongest NWO I've looked, uh, yeah. and, and the biggest bastards they've looked, and they should be big bastards. Part of me was like, okay, okay, being up Austin, awesome, that's great. But then from going from the highest guy on the card to the guy that changes the coffee, <laughs> like, really? They You're not lowering yourself? Yeah, they come across This as is quiet. what, like, Stevie Ray or Horace would have been doing, like, Hulk Hogan, Grits, World Champion of all time. Take that coffee, man. The issue is that they've come with such reputation, and and they're taking and they're perceived to be taking spots from a, a from a, a truncated wrestling company that not many are willing to to get in there and work with them and make them look good. Oh, I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Like because they should have, in theory, been it should have been the NWO have come in and they should have just decimated the roster, like the undercard at least should have just laid them to waste. Uh, I've thought about that. You, you're dead on, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Like, they should have had it on that Raw when everyone's in Japan. You should have had undercard matches with the NWO keeping on running in, beating fuck out of people, just being dicks all right. So, but there's there's such bad blood with them coming in that uh, this is, like, based on what I read in The Observer, there's probably not a lot of people that want to be within 30 yards of them. Yeah. So this is what they're left with. Man who checks the coffee, random guy backstage, Spike Dudley. <laughs> Wagada, hey, hey! It's my that I was just tag team champion like a few weeks ago. I was over. Fuck that, forget all that. Vince is like, yeah. wow, I don't remember that. It's it like, was that, like that conversation with Brett. I don't remember it happening. I swear there's like photos like that they use for the end of your DVD and like on the Earth magazine and stuff like that. No, not the Panda one. That's got Scott Hall and it's like his in ring matches and look how good he looks and it's yeah it's clips from beating up crash holly and spike dudley and you're like, <laughs> what that was it was it austin dudley holly in brackets crash <laughs> anyway jericho shows up with the special water that steph made him go across town to get as jericho complains that he's the uwu champ and he shouldn't be doing this kind of thing stephanie says shut up you bitch and hands jericho triple h's first ever wrestling robe and it may actually be that. It is legitimately it, that. Yeah, all right. Uh, given to him by, I don't, know whether, I don't know whether the given by Killer Kowalski thing is exactly right, but he wore it on WCW Saturday night when he was terrorizing. Oh. It's, if it's not the same one, it's an exact replica of it. If you go back and watch WCW Saturday night, uh, the, those, those, those random matches that Paul Levesque had as terrorizing, that is indeed the rope he wears. So it's, it's historically accurate. 10 points to Gryffindor. Yes. Uh, terrorizing, by the way, if you like that that guy's promos. Uh, I've heard reports about like Napoleon. People aren't happy with the accent. Go back and watch Terrorizing. Oh, was that not Jean-Paul Levesque rather than Terrorizing? I might be wrong. Damn it, you're right. Yeah, John, it was Jean -Paul Terrorizing. I don't think you've, you've got. I don't think. It, I don't think Terrorizing got a promo. I think he just came out and went, "Boo, I'm a buddy." 
and got beaten up, and then that was it. And he had that guy Scorch talk for him anyway. And got that amazing line he said because he was a cheesy radio host who's still going to this day. Sorry, Tom. That's fine. Not We're all cheesy. Yeah, but this guy makes you look, you know, like Henry Rollins. Bearable. Because <laughs> Broadway Bill is it. When you wrestle terrorizing, it's like the elevator in Dracula's castle. You'd be going down for the count. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate that you line. Know what? It's like, okay. I'm just letting that sit on my tongue for a minute. A thinker. Terror thinking. I'm just, I'm, just testing, I'm just testing the bouquet of that gag. and <laughs> Yeah, it's good. That gag is Vincent Priceless. <laughs> uh, Jericho's very grateful for this crap robe. Uh, in the same way, Dobby is grateful for socks. <laughs> And they awkwardly hug. Yeah, they that's nearly Jericho kiss. And Dobby, yeah. They nearly kiss. Oh, yes, that's right. Like Ryback and Shrek, the, they nearly kiss. Just turn on the Northern Boys. <laughs> can dress up as my ex-husband, and then we can fuck. <laughs> it does feel like a Northern Call Boys. Call me the neighbor's song. name when you hug me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Women tease nudity and sex in Divas. Sex on the beach. You're getting neither. Uh, You'll be lucky there's sand on the beach. <laughs> You'll be lucky there's sand in your pants. There was so shameless during this period. Divas present, you know, uh, hoary whores. <laughs> and it's just them going, yeah, my favourite colour is lead. Tits. Yeah. <laughs> my favourite colour is tits. Yeah. It was very... Divas present women shagging, and it's just the same old photos you get in the magazine. But they know. also are rough and ready, and it's like a clip of, like, Tristratus doing a bulldog. Yeah. But they're also great wrestlers. Shagging senseless, and it's just, there's nothing happening. It's, mm. They just... Rated 12. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, I'm not getting anything here, am I? Why would you get that on pay-per-view? Like, for, like, a couple of quid... Because you don't know. They're hoping, like, for, ah, for, they, how dumb are these fans? Well, they keep on buying them. For, like, two quid more, you get fucking... Hooters Hotel 9 and you know you're going to get whatever you're after mm. you get that Dracula porn film going down for the count <laughs> oh uh-huh. I want to suck your dick hey, 
the prostitutes of the night. What sweet music they make. Uh-huh. Ah. Hello, I'm Dracula. Shaggers. I've come to fix your washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> ah, my watching machine. <laughs> Foot Locker presents Booker T losing the shampoo gig to Edge. Foot Locker, not for her. Because it originally said on because it said Foot Locker, but it said Smack of the Week by Adidas Trainers in Foot Locker. I'm like, what the fuck have you done with fucking looks? Why are you fucking like know, cavorting with other shoes? They did this last week. They put a lot of emphasis on Adidas, and I'm like, the fuck are you doing? The divas are nuns compared to the whores that the advertisers are after. <laughs> for feet. Oh, <laughs> feet whores. Yes. The Jiri, who does have some good feet, if you're a whore. Uh, the Cruiserweight champion is here in a non-title match to defend the right of his people's hair against Booker T. Lola repeats the Jiri's line that we certainly wouldn't say nowadays, that he said last week, as Booker comes out looking so mad, he's confused. <laughs> Lola continues to mock Booker's hair because old white men mocking black men's hair is aging the show worse than that dude at the end of The Last Crusade. 100%, 100%. Booker kicks Dajiri down as Lola can't believe Dajiri would cost Booker the deal, saying Edge should have got a toothpaste advert instead because of his big teeth. <laughs> Dajiri works on Booker with his educated feet. In fact, one went to Northumbria Uni, one went to Newcastle Uni. With Booker kicking out of everything until a spinebuster shut up the jury with the scissor kick ending it with not much. Booker ends a, cele- uh, a celebratory, celebratory, there we go, spinneroony, and then axe kicks to jury post match. Maybe Tom was right and do really want this to be his finish. Mm. I said this last week. Good point, mate. Edge spears Booker to save the jury and then mocks the spinneroony pose as Rob Zombie's mid album plays us off. <laughs> so it was a fun match thing, these two. Taj has got a fair bit in. Against Booker? Yeah. I'd like, like to see it. I reckon Tajiri should have worn his director's hat from last week. I think that should have been his ongoing character as a director. Director Tajiri. Nothing else, you know, what worse could you have done? Director Tajiri. He just, he just makes softcore porn films. Yeah. He, make, he makes Town for the Count. This film will be like Kurosawa. Oh, really? Yes, I want the cinematography widescreen. I want <laughs> candlelit production. Fantastic. What's in the show? Dina Divas presents Horny Horny Slags. WWF Divas present Rashomon. <laughs> we got Seven Samurai. All fuck. <laughs> We're doing a remake of the Seven Seal. Except instead of a seal, it's a hype video for Hogan slash Rock set to POD. Wow, it's O2, all right. Well, sadly, the network has edited out POD. Which I'm Yay! very sad about. Oh, sorry. But we sorry. just get like generic. I'm no, like, Tom, this Tom. blatantly should have been POD here. I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you. That shit is POD. Oh. <laughs> Cole lets us know it's Undertaker versus Maven and Al Snow tonight. Ooh, a handicap match. Oh, for oh who? and Lita and Stacy are doing something. <laughs> but here's The Rock. He's not dead. Crowd are going nuts. Lola wonders how healthy he is after getting hit by an ambulance. Surely that would make you more healthy. <laughs> like your energy goes up when you get hit by an ambulance. Oh, I've never felt better. All my gallstones have gone. <laughs> jump in front of an ambulance more often. <laughs> Rock says the Rock is human, above all things. The Rock made a mistake. The Rock ain't doing that again, as Rock gets ready for the match that will determine who will go down as the best ever. Rock is so obsessed with what Hogan was, that Rock forgot what Hogan is. Then he pauses. A bit of jaded son of a bitch. Oh, it got me going. 
which is why Hogan did everything he could to take out The Rock before WrestleMania. You could argue who's bigger, but there's no arguing who is better. Hogan also made a mistake not finishing The Rock when he had the chance, so brother, why not try finishing The Rock off tonight? Interesting edit on this bit before you go into the next oh, okay. part. And I don't know why. Now, on the network version, because I definitely remember The Rock saying, it'll be a match to decide who is the absolute best ever. On the network version, they cut out the ever. Oh. The Rock goes, absolute best. Cuts a crowd shot. I'm like, really? Yeah. I, that's bizarre. A really peculiar edit. Who is the best Currently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I was just... I was. Who is the best until I leave to do films again? Yeah. So I'm interested to see whether or not they keep it in, hmm. in the video packages because it's a prominent part of the video packages, that line. Seems like a strange ah. thing to edit. I have to go back and check that. Hmm. Uh, this brings out NWO with the black and white. I put the black and white, the color scheme, not the stable, but I miss <laughs> Virgil and Norton. Hogan had his first WWF match, by the way, this past weekend in 2002. Since 1993. Him? It was a house show in Tampa and he beat Rikishi and people loved it. Oh. So, I think, did he take the stink face as well? As the, the Seeing I, if Hogan, if I can get this right, was it like a test to see, all right, Hogan? I don't so, yeah. know whether he did or not, um, but but you've obviously heard that, which makes me think that probably did happen. Uh, but um, I know that there was a match he had. Uh, Hogan says he understands Rock is upset, but those were some nasty words he just said now. <laughs> Hogan says he could beat Rock's crippled ass now, but brother, he's not going to do it, as he wants to wait until he's 100% at WrestleMania. So the Rock's fans, who all want Hogan's fans, can see him kick his ass. Ah. Rock's just a flash in the pan, and Hogan will beat him just like all the rest. And because Hogan's such a nice guy, he won't take advantage of Rock in a weakened state. Rock begs Hogan to take advantage of him. Hogan, make like the price is right and come on down. <laughs> and said, look at you standing there with your punk-ass friends. The man with the 40-inch pythons and half-inch testicles. <laughs> great Scott Hall says he ain't that good of a guy to take advantage of a cripple, so if you want Scott Hall, don't sing it, bring it. Rock calls him Chico again and says he'll never forget what National Hall did to The Rock, so it's on. But after Hall, Hogan needs to get ready because his candy ass is next. Lovely setup here. Lots of, lots of heat. Even if Hogan does sound a bit sedated on the mic, he's not quite as hammy as you remember him, but mm. his lines are good enough. Also of note, Nash didn't say anything and wasn't referred to by anyone. Oh, He was just there, wasn't he? I thought it was a bit strange. cardboard Jay White. <laughs> he is essentially cardboard Kevin Nash this mm. week. I loved it. I thought it was a... Do you know what? Like X8 gets a, gets a, a raw deal for many reasons and many right reasons. But like the, the flair taker build mm. and even... With the exception of like the over egging of the pudding with the ambulance crash and all that stuff, the, the back and forth of Rock and Hogan have been good. I completely agree, Tom. You mostly remember, oh, the ambulance, and it's, you know, then going hee hee hee. All right, scratch and grounder. Da, 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 <laughs> but then, yeah, when it's just then what you want, like, oh, you think you're the best of all time? No, you're looking at them. It's yeah. like, oh, that's what Flash we want. in the pan, half inch testicles. Like, it's good. Yeah, stuff. suck my dick. <laughs> Down with the say, whoa, whoa, Hogan, don't say that. Suck <laughs> <laughs> like my dick, brother. Anyway, I booked big shoes to fill in the rest of the card. Speaking of big shoes, done it. Lugs yeah, few presents Al Snow shooting on Undertaker. <laughs> he did shoot Even jobbers need feet wear. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did he shoot on Undertaker last week. Uh, Rock versus Hall is the new main event. Yeah, right. It's clearly Maven and Al Snow <laughs> teaming up to hype up Tough Enough Two, which debuts tonight versus some guy called Undertaker with a bad haircut. <laughs> 
Al starts off with Undertaker and gets a DDT and a near fall. No, really, I put here. Mm. Maven gets a drop kick and Lola says, if brains were chocolate, Maven wouldn't have enough to fill an M&M. <laughs> one M&M. Great line. Anyway, Undertaker just murders Maven with the TCB. Would one M&M be an M? Oh, well, it's... But then if you have three, is it M&M and M? Oh, that's true. Three M&Ms being M&M and M&M. This is like math. Yeah, I guess... M to the power of three. I guess it's one M&M. Okay, that's fine. As you were. New M&M and M&M and M&M and M&M. I've got a bag of... I've got a bag of M&Ms, or as we call them. Would you like an M&M and 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 M&M? Doug M&M of the M&M Museum. That's right. How many M&M and M&Ms do you have today? Well, right, enough well, I'm of this. Just giving enough. it away. Enough, enough. <laughs> then Undertaker tells Ric Flair that he deserves an answer. So we he get, tells Ric Flair. Did we get the bit where Maven tapped out to the Dragon's Leap? I did. Cool. He, was, no, no, with the TCB, the Taking Care of That's Business. It, the TCP. That's the business that Undertaker loves so much. <laughs> Not to be confused with TCP, which is what you put on your arm when you fall in a bush. <laughs> then Undertaker takes a few. <laughs> <laughs> then Undertaker takes some drugs. And kills Maven. <laughs> this business, he says, as the dra- life drains out of Maven's eyes. <laughs> and all the guys are back going, yeah, kill that jobber. Stop talking about games backstage, you dick. Talk about knives. <laughs> well, did you see the game last night? The San Francisco Games! games! <laughs> Stop talking about shit I don't like. <laughs> Only talk about things I like, like hey. knives and the troops. Have you been um, following the Undertaker news from the Undertaker Weekly? <laughs> <laughs> Reading. Oh God, sorry. Reading's not a manly thing to do. You've done it now. <laughs> Anything I read is the packet of my guns and troops. <laughs> Support the troops. Have you supported the troops this week? That's fine, we'll let you uh, know. I guess you weren't tough enough, Maven. <laughs> Head pops off. What's tough enough? It's a TV show. Why are you watching TV? <laughs> Knives and troops! You can play games on those. <laughs> Undertaker tells Ric Flair that Flair deserves an answer. He says yes. If Flair gets on his hands and knees and begs him for it, <laughs> Ric Flair immediately runs out and begs and kisses Undertaker's ass and says, oh, I'm sorry, whatever you... No, he doesn't. He starts battering Undertaker like a man, beats him with chops as Undertaker tries to run away, but he's half crippled at this point and needs his mobility scooter to get on the bus. <laughs> so Flair tries to choke him with a cable. But Flair, because he's so mad and raged, accidentally punches a fan in the process. I put, ha, ha, ha. Security heads out to stop the lawsuit to give him some free Steve Austin T-shirts. <laughs> Gives us some of those Steve Austin uh, bandanas and the really crap bear teddy that's not selling. And then we get an advert for the WF Weakest Link. Ooh, the second one. Did you get one. this on ours? Ooh, did you? No, I didn't. You. Is- My feed. <laughs> That's a catchphrase. Oh, live feed. Oh, live feed. Oh, live feed. Do, 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 do. I think I'm resting chronic. Live feed. <laughs> Come on. Stop thinking about Donkey Kong. Oh, where? <laughs> that was why chronic went wrong. They were thinking about Donkey Kong. 
then Jericho shows. Sorry, I need to catch phrases. Tom says, What, Matthew? I didn't get that in my version. I go, Live feed. <laughs> Live feed. Okay. So, is this the weakest link which Booker T is on? And he's That's already crap. happened. Oh, that one's already, already happened. Yeah, because they made fun of him. That's why he's, right. they, he's still on the, haha, you're a bit dumb stage of his career. And right. He's like, I'm not really. It's stuck on a show. I just didn't know what encore was as a word. Yeah, he went, what's a, yeah, what's a French expression to me? Uh, meaning more, more. And he went, wee, wee. Wee, wee. God bless him. Look, it's tough, but we got the pressure on him. Yeah. Uh, and then Jericho shows up. Well, it's him, isn't it? Oh, he's the weakest thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh, Matthew, should have put that better. Jericho, the Uwu champion, is wearing Triple H's first robe. And it's a rematch against Kane. Oh, to shame that robe wasn't brown. <laughs> Jericho starts off by posing in front of Kane with the title. <laughs> Jericho starts off by posing in front of Kane with the titles. Kane chokes him and then flare bumps him off the top. Jericho tries taking off uh, and orders Steph to grab the titles, but Kane suplexes him in. Jericho's able to dropkick Kane coming off the top and get some mild offense. Jericho escapes a tilt a world. These guys have zero chemistry. Never have and never will. So thankfully, Kurt Angle is able to run in. Oh, Tom, it's Kurt. Oh. Kurt will save us. The dependable, reliable <laughs> Kurt. Kurt comes in and hits the worst angle slam of all time on Kane and lets Jericho land the lion's salt to win. It was rough, wasn't it? Uh, Kane immediately recovers to go after Angle, the full-body crippler, and then both <laughs> men brought the back. Literally, Angle did a video on Cameron Thompson podcast. Oh, sorry, it's not the... He's part of the network. I forget the guy who has, is on Kurt Angle's podcast. Uh, but he said, yeah, this is the worst Paul one. Paul Bromwell, I think it is. Yeah, whatever you say. Uh, Paul Bromwell, allegedly, um, says, like, yeah, this is the worst one you've ever done, right? And they, they watched it together, and Kurt was like, oh. <laughs> if Kurt oh. Angle says it. Kane could make Albert look good, but not Jericho. Think about that. <laughs> Kane's music plays briefly <laughs> before Steph puts the robe on Jericho, and then Triple H shows up to kill both bitches. Jericho helps Steph escape a pedigree as Triple H holds up both titles as his music plays. Has Jericho had any offense so far in this feud? Nope. None. Biggest pop of this feud was is every time Trips goes for a pedigree on Steph. Yeah. Just make the main event Trips versus Steph. Just please. Dear God. And I, I, I you know, just that that's your main event. Trips versus Steph. Cowards. Yes. He's had nothing, though, in this. It's just a shame. Yeah, and luckily this Kane match was really crap, so that really helped. We then get a look at WWE's tour of Asia. And I oh, is oh. this why we're doing the shampoo stuff? Probably not. No. Um, they went to the Yokohama Arena, doing a lot better than they did the bloody time they went there in 94, where they had the lowest uh, drawing crowd of all time at that Shit, point. Really? They did not do well in 94. Uh, they wrestled in Malaysia, a bunch of other places, and apparently in front of the Singapore Prince. Yeah. Bloody hell. Loved it. It's all happening. Everyone seems really happy, seems very vibrant. And I got some notes from the Southeast Asia. Oh, if please. you'd like them. Uh, so um, it started off uh, in Yokohama, uh, the Yokohama Arena in Japan. Shane McMahon is on the tour. Oh, he obviously drew the... the so pro. Shane McMahon opens the Yokohama Arena show with Wally Yamaguchi, former oh. manager of Kayentai. That's right. FMW founder. Yeah. So Shane cuts a promo and then Wally translates it into Japanese. Ah. And the fans booed Wally because they just, they, they apparently were chanting in Japanese, we want English. 
<laughs> really? They didn't want the translation. So they We want English. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Shane and Wally Yamaguchi ad-libbed this bit where Shane threw Wally out of the ring and the crowd loved it. Shane became the baby face of the night. That's amazing. Yeah, they wanted a WWF show in all, all lumps and bumps. Uh, Singapore Stadium show, Shane came out and, and did a similar speech, but got booed. So completely different crowd. Yeah. Hated Shane McMahon. So, Shane's like, what? It's different in Japan than it is in Singapore. Yeah. I thought you guys were all the same. <laughs> Boo, you fucking racist bastard. And then he finally leaned into it in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, where he came out and just cut heel promo saying Kuala Lumpur shit. Then Ric Flair came out and beat him up. Uh, but, translated in perfect. But not before. <laughs> apparently Flair sold for Shane McMahon strikes. So that was something that was happening in 2002. Oh. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so Shane McMahon randomly on the, on the Southeast Asian tour... Started the start of the tour as a babyface, ended as a violent heel <laughs> with Wally Yamaguchi. That's so great. Well, obviously, Amazing. we want the crowd and Sam what we're saying. Let's get a translator. Boo! Fuck you, Wally Yamaguchi. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What? <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> uh, wasn't wasn't Val Venus on the tour? Could you? No, whatever. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, backstage, Ric Flair's trying to relax in the back, but the police talk to him. I put, yeah, they're familiar with them. And it's the fan who got hit, pressing charges. I mean, yeah, you can't hit fans anymore. It's not 983. <laughs> what a little bitch that fan is. Was he even happy bitch. with his T-shirts, his WWF teddy bear? Yeah, the crabby Austin teddy. <laughs> Flair is arrested and Undertaker is shown watching from afar, literally like peering around the corner and going, <laughs> like a little sneaky naughty boy. <laughs> I got you, Gadget. <laughs> It's like watch. It's like a little brother watches his big brother get told off. <laughs> it's not me. Ha ha! You punched a fan. <laughs> then some of the place backstage. Kane looks for Kurt in the car park, saying, "I'm not mad. I just want to talk." <laughs> I, Kane is becoming the Kane that we've made him out yeah. to be. Kane walking around the car park, going, "Kurt, I just want to talk." <laughs> And then I think within a second, I'm going to kick your ass, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to talk. So great. It's that family guy sketches it with Peter walking up to that guy's house. I just want to talk. I, I just, talk. just want to talk to him. I just want to talk. I just want to talk to him. Just, I just want to talk to him. Really good. <laughs> so great. Uh, Kane looks for Kurt. Uh, Angle tries a sneak attack, but Kane's Kane, so he batters him and just says, lol, that, that was the Angle Slam. <laughs> the worst one <laughs> Angle Slam shit. But Kurt uses car park objects and then drops a metal door on Kane. I've got to say, that doesn't look like it hurts much. No. But then he gives him a chair shot in the head. It's like, oh, there we go. Cheers. It's like, it comes down. It's like, ah. So it's like Ed Wood acting. No, the metal door that stopped here. Oh, the bit of my back. Um, Kane getting battered by Angle again. Kane's been just fucking decimated by Angle in this feud. It's Kurt Angle. It is Kurt Angle, but like there was only about two years ago where like Kane would come out and Angle would be like, Kane! And now Kane's like, I'm fucking dead, you mate, you're shit. Those days aren't coming back. No, those days are long gone. Until 2003. All right, so we have Stacey versus Lita. Set up last week because Stacey faked an injury to spin kick Lita and cost her the six person match. Oh, nice continuity. Lita gets a giant ass pop, like nearly rock levels. Maybe because she's going to drink a sex on the beach next Wednesday. What? 
Lola's, Lola's so horny, he's going to set two VCRs for it. <laughs> I don't so I can wank off twice. I can wank twice? So I've got a backup in case, so horny. in case I tape Cory over the one? Like, <laughs> I'm going to tape it twice. Uncontrollable hornness. Oh, I really want to watch this porn. I'm going to load two tabs with the same porn on. I just, just... I can use both of my eyes can to look at both TV sets. Focus on the same Both bit. of my penises. Weird, weird, yeah. man. Anyway. Stacey comes out to her new music, which is Legs by right. Kid Rock. It's a cover of the ZZ Top song. Yeah. I can't get my head around like what like about music licenses for WWF because we don't hear the POD song. Uh, we don't hear any of the like the in any of the video packages any of the cool stuff. But on the network, of course, we've got legs by Kid Rock if in, I'm right, in perfect form. I think it's because that was like part of the album, like, right? So it's like it's a kind of a WWE song with you. Whereas POD and Saliva and stuff, they're proper songs that they're just using. Fair for that, enough, so. that makes sense. Yeah, because I don't think Kid Rock was covering legs for any other reason. Because right. <laughs> he was cold. We we let this man get away with so much. Uh... <laughs> you don't want to get mud on his knees. Down for the count. <laughs> when he went down for the count. <laughs> Stacey's knee attacks with her one move. The spin kick. So Lola can come everywhere. <laughs> Twice. So Matthew. Cheers. Lola takes a few kicks and then, did I say Lola or Lita? Lita takes a few kicks, I'll just say it again, and then lands something resembling a blue thunder bomb and a sex pin. Sex on the beach, sex on the beach, buy sex on the beach. They're going to fuck on the beach, buy it. <laughs> I've, I've put as well blue thunder bomb with the sexy pin. Yeah. To a huge, to a huge ovulation. <laughs> Lillian is interviewed by Lily, who says, uh, by the way, oh, say can you say? No, she asks Lita, what's next? And she says she wants the women's title. Then Stacy sneak attacks, and then it gets dumped with a twist of fate and moonsault. Another pop. Ah, but this allows Jazz to deck, de bleh, deck Lita. Hey, she had it coming. She like, had it coming. Like Lola talking about this match. She had it coming. <laughs> oh, God. Steph leaves and tells Triple H he ain't getting the dog. So Triple H says, oh, yeah, that's my car, right? Triple H gives her the keys because he understands that that car was her 16th birthday present. And Steph's like... Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, considering you're not getting the dog, and goes, yeah, it's all right. Obviously, give it to you. And Steph's like, oh, what a nice man Triple H is. Uh, I hear his dick is huge. Mm -hmm. He's definitely going to beat Jericho, who's got nothing in this feud. And she walks a corner and goes, hey, wait a minute. That's that car, but there's something different about it. I can't quite put my finger on it. Let me walk even closer to it. Hey, now the cameraman's caught up. This car appears to have been cut entirely in half what and then Steph looks at Triple H who's just waiting to say the line and like it's just every epic movie we've ever seen yeah remember we agreed everything 50-50 <laughs> Steph is upset kicks the car setting off the car alarm <laughs> get back you bastard I'll break your legs <laughs> right, but Triple H is getting his revenge before the Wrestlemania match <laughs> I put it's funny, but <laughs> the um, I love the idea. So Steph walks. So Steph sees the car. Yeah, I know that. That's a, it's so funny, isn't it? Like the setup. To... The setup is fantastic because Steph sees the car, and it's not until she's right up close to it does she realise that half the car is gone. Wait like, a minute! What's you... wrong with this? <laughs> I can only assume 
that Steph has got some weird sort of carpal tunnel vision issue that she didn't notice the moment she looked to her right and saw that there was only half the car. Famous TV actress, Steph. Yeah, I just... Wrestling is fucking amazing. <laughs> and the bit where she kicks the car. I don't have any evidence of this. I really want that to have been an ad-libbed bit. I, I guess they didn't... What, the car ad-libbed? The car alarm going off. I really want that to have just been a happy accident. It didn't go off when they cut its legs off, but it went off when you got a kick from Steph. <laughs> I thought that bit was especially funny. I thought it was good. Go back, you're Boston. But again, this is all happening before the WrestleMania match. Yeah. This is the build to the main event of WrestleMania. Soaring a car in half. I want my dog. Chris Jericho's wearing my terrorizing robe. Penis, penis, penis. Main event of WrestleMania. This is the main event of SmackDown, though. The Rock versus Scott Hall. Scott Hall's first ever SmackDown match. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Scott Hall saunters to the rock. Sorry, start again, Matthew. Saunt- I guess Hall he does. saunters to the ring. The rock runs down like little nature at WrestleMania 24. Hall uh, knocks down rock and gets two, but he argues with the ref, so rock kips up and locks in the Scorpion King death lock. Some of these words are so hard. Mm-hmm. So Hogan distracts, and Hall is able to plod his offense, the rock's ribs. Hogan gets a few shots in at ringside, and they are taped, to be fair. Oh, his ribs, right. His ribs are taped. He's got Hogan little... has taped up his shots. <laughs> They're not like so so Rock has got a bit of rib because Rock Baron Rock's been hit by an ambulance. So of course he's got yeah. three bits of white tape on his ribs. And otherwise he's done fine. Good as new. Maybe you're right. Maybe hitting an ambulance does make you healthier. And that's just a shaving mishap. Yeah. Oh, that's unrelated. The rock fell down in the snow. He put on his ribs... That March snow. ...roughly the same amount of tape that I think I used when I cut myself yeah. shaving. But he got hit by a vehicle. Wrestling. Yeah. Scott Hall can't win with the dirty pin, so he charges up the razor's edge, which is, of course, how he got that nasty scar on his ribs. Uh, but rock <laughs> backdrops out of it. Uh, Hall staggered sell, selling even is making me nostalgic, especially his slow rise and turn as he takes a rock bottom. Uh, Kevin Nash jumps in to get rocked and then hangs in the ropes dramatically to distract the ref so Hogan and Rock can stare off. Crowd's all into this. Nash recovers and then they all think, sod it. Nash took too long in the ropes and then start attacking Rock anyway. (laughs) Crowd chants, Austin, Austin. But he's not here, silly billies. This isn't the court case of the WWF. We don't lie. (laughs) Ah, yeah, we did. Here he is. <laughs> Here's Steve Austin. Glad shatters. It's bloody stone cold. Austin runs out the punch, 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 NWO. And yes, that includes Hogan. Whoa. Hall gets thrown at the ring announcer and then the ring. And then he sods off. So Nash takes a chair shot instead. And then another. And then The Rock clotheslines him anyway. Gets out the ring this time. Well done, Nash. I'm pretty sure this sets up the handicap match on Raw, aka the only time we got Austin Hogan. Oh, then Vince shows up and calls Steve a son of a bitch <laughs> and then makes that match I just said. Thanks, <laughs> Rock and Austin drink beer as Lola says celebrate while you can lads <laughs> celebrate while you can now, nice no the, neck guns 10 out of 10 match the Kevin Nash uh, bump out of the ring the first one was fucking amazing so yeah. Rock punches him and I think the plan was Nash was meant to go over the top and to the floor but he, he flails back he gets caught in the top rope he tries to kind of push himself over but 
instead loses his balance, falls through the middle yeah. rope, starts pushing himself through the middle rope, and then just stops. Like the momentum has run out, and he just like stays between the middle and the top rope, like <laughs> in like a fetal position. Yeah. It's like, I was trying to go over the top rope, but I'm going to do Andre the Giant circa 1989. <laughs> I'm just going to give up and just lie between the ropes instead. I've done a complete cat's cradle. <laughs> it was wonderful. But wait, Hogan makes the save, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I can do it, I can do it. Um, like the villain at the end of uh, Disney's Tarzan. <laughs> Quick, where's my machete? Uh, Austin very clearly shouts "fuck you," which is beeped out on the network version. Very clear "f you." Oh, oh, does it sound on my version? Live feed. Uh, <laughs> it goes beep beep. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this did you feel like this was a really long beer bash at the end? Yeah, maybe I think they, they went fucked up the timings. But I'm all right with it. Because it's like Rock Austin celebrating his friends now. Guess that needs to be emphasised because they're not always. Yeah, it's very true. I think maybe the, yeah. I thought Plus with the, all the star power in the ring and outside the ring, I guess, it's like, yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no issue. I just thought it just felt like a longer one. Like they, they mucked no, up the timings right. a little bit. But yeah, I otherwise. think that. Because I saw the Chiron come up and I thought, oh, well, this is still the actual TV feed. Mm. There's nothing afterwards. It was a really weird live feed where the guy just went, I don't, I don't care about Sunday Night Heat anymore. So nothing happened on your so when the live when when that show ended the live feed ended as well yeah or? and uh, during the breaks there was just no oh. bits I don't know if they, they changed the feed you have to actually change the specific satellite frequency right. to get it but the guy and was just like I can't be fucking asked oh. it's only the build up to WrestleMania X eight the biggest WrestleMania of all time at that point <laughs> this, I can't be bothered with it yeah so that was SmackDown uh, what did you remember oh in terms of SmackDown? I remembered the Undertaker Flair stuff mm. uh, actually no I, I tell like I tell. Uh, what do I remember? The David Flair beatdown, I remember. But not necessarily the rest. Because it's like David Flair. Infamous. Rubbish. <laughs> but still makes sense in this one bit of context. 23. Or 22, I guess, at that point. 22, 23. What in the fuck? <laughs> it's the best he's ever looked. <laughs> I was still playing Sonic 3. <laughs> I mean, mate, we're both still playing Sonic 3. We're still playing Sonic 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah bad, bad, bad example. Yeah, uh, what about yourself? Uh, I remember Scott Hall versus The Rock as the main event because I remember at the time, like my 18-year-old brain going, this match has never happened. This felt like a dream match. And that's the nice thing about the NWO coming in. Of course, they, they, uh, the, whole, the whole story arc was a, a shadow of what it could have been. But like with the invasion, it was still nice to see, you know, what seemed, you know, what was we what would become known as forbidden doors opening mm. everywhere. So Scott Hall and The Rock felt like a, Felt like more of a Monday Night Wars dream match than anything we saw last year. Like they could have headlined an invasion esque pay per view with a match like that had they got their ducks in a row earlier. So I remember being quite excited about that. The match wasn't terrible; it was serviceable, but it was just weird seeing them interact. And I, this is not this is not my I forgot, but it's a, I constantly forget how fucking tall Scott Hall is. I, because he's because he's mates with Kevin Nash, you always just assume that, oh, Scott's like a normal-sized guy because Kev's a monster. And then you put Scott Hall in there. I remember watching an episode of Raw recently with Jack Atkins, or maybe a bit, maybe probably about a year ago, perhaps. And it was Razor Ramon versus Yokozuna. And I was like, this feels like a weird match to watch because Razor is so much taller than Yoko and the size comparisons are so weird. But seeing him in there with a the rock, he looked massive against mm. the rock. Uh, what did you forget? I forgot 
about the... Let me look at my notes. Oh, that's right. Jericho and the Killer Kowalski rogue. Hmm. It's like, ah, I'm just going to make you my little bitch husband. I, I, they could have leaned into that more and just had him have Steph dress Jericho up as Triple H for different eras throughout the week. Yeah. Get him to go suck it. <laughs> yeah, but... It, you know what, it, just it, put water on his hair as he comes out. It really needs the two embracing... I think mm. if they just had that bit where Steph, or like Steph kisses Jericho in front of Triple H, mm. annoy him. That's my ex-wife. But instead, Jericho's just like, oh, I'm not gonna. Uh. He's just the undisputed world heavyweight champion. Yeah, that's all he is. Uh. <laughs> Achieve a barge pole, mate. Jericho, can you drive my fifty percent car to the shop and get me some water? <laughs> Scraping it along De- the ground. De- Steph, that's not. Ba- I said, can you go drive my car? Um, okay. Just get back, you bastard! I'll bring you like just walking, like the Flintstones. Mile pile up behind him. Beep, beep, move, you fucking asshole! <laughs> get out of the way, you fucking idiot! What? <laughs> Check over the road one. <laughs> I forgot gold dust's gold hardcore paraphernalia, <laughs> and I didn't hate it because wrestling's bollocks. So why not lean into the bollocks? I wouldn't have, I, if Goldust had more of a run as hardcore champion and we saw that more often, I think that'd have been fun. He, Him in a room full of like hardcore weaponry. He did this, this to show us how forgettable it was. He's already done this on TV. He's already done this on SmackDown. What, the gold, the gold weapons? Yeah. Has he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Shit, how much I forgot it then. <laughs> That's what I mean. Hey, look, it's gold. I Whatever. <sighs> I didn't think he'd already done it well, I Your stand. matches are still wank. They, yeah, they're not great. They're not great. They're doing what they can. Gold bin. <laughs> Gold bin. Uh, so Here's that's... the match. The match is <laughs> too rubbish to read. <clears throat> Itinerary for the SmackDown review. Next week, uh, the go-home SmackDown for WrestleMania X8. Week after, the retro reactions to WrestleMania X8. And then nothing from us until 2024 from the SmackDown review. Except the Cultaholic Classic Review Christmas special on the 25th of December. That's right, speaking of golden bins. Golden bin, oh, mate, it's a bin fire this year. I can't wait for us all to sit down and, and record it. If you, are, if you are a Patreon, so basically there's going to be a podcast version, which you'll hear with your ears on Christmas Day, and it's free, and you'll have a lovely time with it. If you're a Patreon, you will basically get the entire uh, table read for it. <laughs> And all the bollocks that comes from that. Oh, yay. It'll be a good time had by all. Uh, on the podcast feed this weekend, we've been doing Punk Vember for the past few weeks. And we concluded it with a third part last week. If you haven't heard it yet, there is a special omnibus version coming out tomorrow. A mega-sode, essentially, Ooh. that is six hours and 20 minutes long. It's a good life on the buses. It's a good life on the buses. And that'll be a long life on the buses. So that'll be on the podcast feed tomorrow. But before that, obviously today is Saturday. It's Survivor Series. So live reactions with Adam and Andrew on the YouTube channel tonight. And then you'll have what happened at and the WTF moments with Jack and Ross respectively as well. What have you got going on, birthday boy, for yesterday? Relaxing. Relax. Don't do it. Down for the count. Yes, I'll be sleeping in my golden bed. <laughs> Going, fucking hell, this is horrible, this. Ah. It's a bit uncomfortable. Golden duvet. <laughs> crushing <laughs> me. <laughs> Pushing out all the oxygen out of my lungs. <laughs> my golden lung. <laughs> when you're next twitching. On my golden PC. <laughs> Can't do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Golden Mouse can't click a fucking thing. <laughs> he's twitch.tv slash Matthew Vox. Yeah. what he does on his gold PC. <laughs> and until we're next back together, he's at Matthew Greg on Twitter. I'm at John Gamble on Twitter. Together, right, Golden Ollie on Twitter. Don't forget to join us and get yourself down for the count. Love you, bye! Here at Cultaholic, we work for gold and Pachiti. <laughs> Everything he has is gold, and he still hates the poor. <laughs> gold finger. He's the man, the man with the mightiest touch. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.